I never drink water on tour. All you gotta do is just tap it in. I don't think the heavy stuff's gonna come down for quite a while. If your head was a touch softer, I'd be in the fairway. I never miss with the seven iron. Hey there, golf fans. Welcome back to A Good Lie Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And also joining us, Ryan Michael, better known as Rose, our resident golf expert. Gentlemen. So, fellas, we were talking a little bit before recording, and it it sounds like there was a golf tournament over the weekend. A little one. Yeah, it's a small one. (laughs) I heard something uh, about that. The 2022 Masters happened over the weekend, and uh, it was pretty exciting. I think Tiger Woods, obviously, we mentioned the return of Tiger as a possibility on our last show. He was there, and he made the cut and made it all four rounds, but uh, obviously was way off the leaderboard. But the return of Tiger provided a lot of fodder for golf fans throughout the week. And, I mean, now the question is, how much are we going to see this guy going forward? Is it just a couple times a year, or is Tiger back? It's majors, basically. It's majors unless he gets a lot more healthy. I mean, he was pushing it to play the Masters. You could tell he was noticeably uncomfortable the really crazy thing was he didn't putt very well and he talked about you know during his recovery you know short game putting that was all he could really work on Mm -hmm. uh on that bum wheel and uh he he three putted more than any time i'd ever seen tiger putt his putter let him down quite a bit he drove the ball really well which i found surprising the entire week yeah that you'd think that would be the the move that would require the most leg strength yeah i put the most torque on him but no, he played well. But I, I, you know, I know Tiger's the biggest golfer of our era, you know, and he's he's Elvis at, when it, as it comes to golf. But I just felt like I just was. I mean, I was interested in Tiger, and if he would have contended for it, it would have certainly been exciting. But I, you know, when I was watching it, I wasn't watching the uh, Tiger feed. You know, what I mean, I was watching the golf feed. In fact, I was getting frustrated because at times all you could get was like the. Like here's the premier group on ESPN Plus. I'm like, I get it. Tiger's playing golf again, and that's exciting. But what's the rest of the field do? Because he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't mind seeing some other guys play golf. I think the Tiger show was Thursday and Friday. Obviously, when he made the cut and he played well on Thursday. I mean, you talked about his putter uh, not helping him out on Thursday. He lipped out a number of birdie putts. I mean, his score could have even been better than it was, but he just missed those putts and. It, it just downgraded. I think everybody expected that, you know, while he may be able to play some golf, eventually he's just going to run out of gas. And I think that is what happened. But the fact that the guy who, you know, didn't know if he was going to be able to keep his leg a year ago was even able to go out there and then make a cut that so many guys who are golfing constantly, professionals, weren't able to do. It was an impressive feat. I was interested in the Tiger show early on, but I transitioned as, you know, as Saturday came on, and it was pretty clear that Tiger wasn't going to be a, a factor in the outcome of the tournament. Then I really started to zero in on the guys like Scotty Scheffler and, and Cam and everybody else who was in the hunt. So, um, But certainly Thursday and Friday, I was as caught up in the Tiger stuff as anybody. It seemed like he like had a sigh of relief too after he made the cut. It was sort of that like, okay, I did it. 
and he kind of eased off. He didn't quite have the same intensity. And, and I know he's probably getting tired as well with the injury and stuff like that. But it was uh, it was just sort of interesting to see him, like, I don't know, sort of take a breath and enjoy it a little bit as opposed to that ultra locked in tiger that we always get. Well, on Saturday, the conditions changed radically, too. It got pretty nasty out there and windy. And um, that, that hurt a lot of scores. And I think it certainly knocked Tiger out of contention. For sure. There was that what was that comment I saw, I give or take a few years, it was something like the last time Tiger missed a cut, the master Scotty Scheffler wasn't even born yet or something like that. <laughs> or born again. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, Scheffler is obviously on fire. He's, he was the most dominant player out there. I mean, Cam acted like he's going to give him a run for his money, money on the last day. And then, I mean, I guess we're the only person that really contended with Rory, and he was so far behind. I mean, it 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 looked closer than it was because Scheffler managed to somehow uh, four putt uh, <laughs> on eighteen, uh, but it was not a close tournament. In fact, I I don't know about you guys. I mean, it was entertaining. It was the Masters. It's obviously got more. Um, you know, it's the Indy five hundred. It's the um, it's the Super Bowl. It's 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 golf's biggest uh, event, but. I don't know. I, I don't want to see you guys shoot 24 under for the weekend, but I felt like, I mean, it just plays so effing hard. You know what I mean? Like you, the top, top of the uh, leaderboard is in, you know, is under par, but God, the vast majority of the field is struggling to break par. And it's like, I don't know. That's, that makes for a bit of a slog of a golf tournament to watch in my opinion. I think it's a balancing act. These tournaments are always trying to, figure out the right balance you know because there's benefits of both it's kind of like in baseball where you do want a pitcher's duel or do you want to see a home run derby you know when those guys are way 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 under par it is fun it's fun to see guys you know hitting a lot of good shots and and mastering a a course but i am with you that it kind of gets it wears off after a while but then there is the alternative you know where you're going to see guys who like the best golfers in the world who can't par a hole on a particular course i don't know i don't know i I feel like i do prefer when the guys are struggling because (laughs) augusta it's the greens right like there's a lot of things that are challenging at augusta national but it's the greens that give everybody trouble it's different i guess when everybody's struggling but like that some of those kind of tournaments that are where you're not seeing very good scores it ends up being an event where anybody can take it. You know, somebody can sneak up and win it. But this was, like you said, the best golfer in the world was the only guy who figured out this golf course. And I think that was interesting that that this guy with his uh, dancing feet, Scotty Scheffler, could be, you know, at some points 10, 11 under par when the next guy is five under par. Like, whatever the challenges of those greens are, whatever the challenges of the bunker placements and all that, Scheffler didn't have any trouble with it. I think it's obviously because he's, what is he, 24 years old, but he's like 52 at heart. <laughs> he is. Yeah. You've never seen a guy that looks older than a, like a 25-year-old <laughs> man, that guy. We went over to uh, Rose's house for drinks uh, Saturday night, me and the missus, and I showed a picture of Scotty Scheffler to our wives. And I was like, how old do you think this guy is? And the answers were not 25. <laughs> I mean, he looks like a guy, he looks like a 48-year-old insurance salesman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. <laughs> Uh, he's got that Louis face and vibe. He seems much more. Uh, he seems like a genuine guy, and like I, I I've given him tro- or grief in the past for being you know very very religious, which is fine when you're genuine about it. Like I, you can tell he is a genuine fellow. Whereas you got like a Bubba Watson who likes to wear his um, Jesus fish on his sleeve, but is everybody knows is a completely vapid you know self interested turd. So I guess I when I initially was like I heard he was really a. Uh, I don't know, pious or what have you. I was like, oh, great, another Bubba. But he's not a Bubba. I think he genuinely uh, 
lives the principles he ascribes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody seemed in his circle seemed to be genuinely excited for him. I mean, the crazy thing, of course, is that there was his fourth win in six, seven events in the PGA Tour. I mean, the guy has just been in a, that kind of pace is that's a tiger pace, like tiger in his prime. That was what he was doing, was just destroying everybody, not finishing in the top 10, but winning everything. And to cap it off with a master's, you know, I guess the question is, where do we go from here with Scotty? Is he the real deal or is he just having a, a you know, he's just on fire now. You know, some guys just have their moment in the sun and they fade back. And is that what Scotty Scheffler is doing now? Or is he going to stay on top of the leaderboard for a long time? Is he going to be like well, the new guy? I think it's important not to get too high on him because like everybody was saying the same thing about Rom. Guys get hot and he may become the number one in the world. But what when Tiger, you know, basically owning the entire league or, or the, the tour for a decade and being ranked number one for how many consecutive weeks and never missing a cut. I mean, like. I mean, Scotty Scheffler is on a nice little run here, an impressive run. But, I mean, I'd still put the over-under on majors for his career at like three and a half. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and Tiger's way out, out, out in front of that. Well, that's what made guys like – I mean, that's what separates guys like Tiger and Nicholson. Those are the, you know, the all-time – or Nicholas, sorry, the all-time greats that they're able to maintain that trajectory and that winning percentage for like the entirety of a career or not, you know, if not the entirety of it, a good majority of it where there's, you know, these other guys are always kind of flashes in the pan. I mean, what DJ's got like 20 some wins on the tour and he, I don't know that he's ever been that hot. You know what I mean? He has like a win every year, a couple wins every year and some majors and stuff, but he's, he's never maintained a winning pace like that. This is a heater. Uh, Scheffler's on like uh, not many golfers get on. The thing about him is he's so young presumably there's no reason why he couldn't exceed Collins over under pretty easily, you know, but you'll, you get to account in majors for guys. I'm more impressed. He's doing it with the swing. He's doing it with than anything. It's a, <laughs> it's a pretty unorthodox, like looks like it's out of sync. Like he gets up on his toes and his feet move around and he, it's just a weird swing. Yeah. There's been a lot of like memes on TikTok about it. It's like, Oh, there are guys at the range after watching the masters this year. And then they just sort of like dance around and swat at it. And right. <laughs> Hey, did you, well, you watch some of the other top golfers that what's, I don't remember the whole number, but it's the big dog leg left where it goes like down the hole and they show the, they show the replay over and over again this weekend. But like typically when those guys hit like a big draw, like, I don't know, to the blind eye or whatever, you don't see like a big change in their swing when they're hitting it. You know, they do some small thing to make the ball draw around the corner. Like Scheffler does a pirouette and like loops the club around his head and, Swings it around the corner. It's just really, I don't know. It's kind of a Bubba Watson type thing when he moves. Yeah, that's the ball. why he's, he reminds me of old Bubba Watson with, you know, he, he's really manipulating the club face to, to get what he wants. Um, you know, like I said, that's why I said, you know, initially he's, you know, we, we talked about how he's not maybe the most charismatic, exciting guy, but his golf game is fun to watch. He's got an unorthodox swing. He will play, you know, pretty aggressive and, and really try to do some shot shaping, which is the bet to me, the, you know, those are the funnest, like I said, Bubba Watson is, you know, while he may have some, you know, personal peccadillos that I may not love about him, like no guy <laughs> I'd rather watch play golf. He is a interesting guy to play, watch play golf. I'm sure we'll get into live golf Saudi thing in a minute, but everybody's talking about that lineup. They're projecting to try to go play this other PGM. Like the only guy on that list that will make me watch and I will watch is Bubba Watson. Like I will, if Bubba Watson's playing golf and I'm probably going to turn that on. That's probably not going to be enough to even make it anywhere near competitive with the PGA tour, but it's still 
you know, I think that's what they're going for. People who are entertaining to watch. I think that's why they went so hard after Bryson because though Bryson may be a, a hard guy to like on a personal level, he is an exciting guy to watch play golf. Yeah. They're, they're going to show that Bubba Watson wedge shot. Um, I think on the 10th hole in 2017, every master's, you know, like that, <laughs> that, that guy takes chances that other people wouldn't take. And, um, I, you know, and Colin, you talk about sort of him being a famous douchebag. I watched the uh, the, <laughs> the what is the chip putt and drive contest that they do now for the little kids there at Augusta before the tournament. And Bubba goes to that every year and like shakes hands with all the kids. And maybe he's contractually obligated to do that. I don't know, but if not, it's like well, at least he's doing something. But I I don't know. I think a lot I of, think he's a I think he's kind of a spo- he's kind of a spoiled turd. But that doesn't make him a bad guy. Like, I don't think I, – I think he does get a bum rap. Of course, then I – you know, again, like I said, it's it, – but then he does things like they're – I don't know if he's going to go to the Saudi League. But the, they they dropped that article about, you know, him and Poulter and several others that are maybe going to play the, the, the live golf Saudi circuit. And I was just like, here's a guy who just can't stop telling you how much he loves Jesus and is so Christian. It's like – it's so, but it's but playing for blood money for these Saudis is so antithetical to all of that stuff. It's hard to, you know, as much as I may like him, sometimes like, come on, Bubba, like you turd. They have him make these proclamations when the camera's in his face and show him at the drive chip putt competition, but they don't show him accosting the waitress in the clubhouse after the cameras go away. <laughs> yeah, that is true. There's yeah, very little footage of that. Yeah, <laughs> but I just mean like it's. I, you know, I'll say this, Greg Norman may be the biggest turd in golf, but at least Greg Norman has never described to be some holy roller better than thou guy. Greg Norman's been a been an arrogant jerk his entire life, and unapologetically so. He's not I guess fa- it's just when Bubba Watson is sitting there going, hmm, Jeebus, 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 and then he's like, Oh, by the way, saw off all the um journalists you want and behead all the women you like i'll come play for your dirty money <laughs> you know that's kind of stuff just like come on i don't want to listen to your 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 holier than thou speeches when you do that stuff do you think our listeners are going to notice that the saudi league is a bit of a trigger for colin <laughs> well it's not the saudi league being a trigger it's the it's the hypocrisy <laughs> of these guys going to it and then telling me how moral and virtuous they are uh, Colin, you mentioned Greg Norman uh, being a famously huge turd. I think he's famous for something else that's huge. Is it a third leg Greg, they call him? <laughs> Have you seen the picture that spawned that nickname, Brennan? I guess not. Oh, my God. I'm going to send it to you. It's, it's, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that's, that, that name is not very old. Like that wasn't a nickname he had back in '96 on the tour. No, like, was, like a year. It doesn't predate the shark, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He was that is born of somebody took a picture of him like walking up the beach like two years ago, and you can see like the outline of something um, his manhood, and it is prodigious. <clears throat> Colin's wife is going to find the search history of Greg Norman. Well, she's the one that on showed Colin's it to me. Right? <laughs> yeah, she's the one that showed it to me. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, take a look at this. (laughs) Well, if you got to be known for something, (laughs) there's worse things for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of drivers he got in his bag. And that is why we can't hit the ball over 250. (laughs) Yeah. Did you find the picture, Brennan? Oh, I did. It's all over the internet. Yeah. I don't know how I missed that. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't take long. Didn't take long. I think my wife has it as a poster in her office, but 
I guess I never connected the dots. It's the screensaver on a computer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a <her> grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, I wanted to talk about Rory for a second with this tournament because <laughs> I'm a Rory fan. I always wish Rory would come roaring back. You see what I did there? <laughs> but, you know, and he played what? I think he tied a course record with a 64 on Sunday. But, God, sometimes Rory just reminds me of, like, being a Cardinals fan, I think the Cardinals had Bobby Bonilla back in the day. They got him at the end of his career, even though the Mets, I think, are still paying his salary. And Bobby Bonilla, every time, he'd hit a home run always when we were, like, down by eight runs in the ninth. You know, just a, a huge, beautiful bomb that was absolutely meaningless. And I feel like kind of that's the way Rory Sunday was. I mean, I know it was a big deal for him, especially the way he finished out by, you know, cupping out in a, with an eagle from the bunker and I-18. But, like, it ultimately – a Sunday 64 was meaningless because as Colin was saying earlier, he was so far behind Scotty Scheffler. I don't know. Rory has one of the prettiest swings you want to watch. And he seems like he could win a major at any time, but he just never puts it together. And he's and certainly he's a fun guy to listen to. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's a smart, every time they interview him, there's no better interview on the PGA tour. Yeah. He's yeah, he is surprisingly like thoughtful. Yeah. He's been, you can tell he's been, he's had a mic in his face a long time. Like he's learned yeah. what to say and he's very thoughtful about what comes out of his mouth and he, he doesn't step in too often, but he also like makes good points. Like he, you know, he's thought about what he's gonna, how he's gonna answer certain questions and things like that. Well, pretty intuitive guy. And I think a lot of PJ golfers are just pretty easy to not like. You know what I mean? They're they seem pretty, pretty greedy, pretty selfish, pretty proud of themselves. And Rory seems a lot more humble than some. And you know, yeah, a little more down to earth than a lot of them. You know. Yeah. And who knows? We don't know these people, but you know, he, he gives off a little bit more of a level headed vibe than a Bryson DeChambeau or, I, you know, talk about the Brooks Kepka DeChambeau feud, which I think is stale news now, but like, I think Kepka always came out the bigger turd in that thing. Like I always thought Kepka was the biggest turd on the tour. He's certainly not an easy guy to like either, but he's a, I'd be like, he's one of those guys that is appointment television for me too, though. You know, if I want to, if I'm going to, you know, if you get on the line, you can look at, they'll have premier groups on that, the ESPN plus thing. And you're just like, if, if I'm going to pick a group, it's very likely going to be the one that's got kept in it. Well, I don't I, know why that is. Right. You know, there's those guys. Oh no, that's a good question. Like who is, give, give, give me your top three guys that you want to watch. Like who's your premier group. If you have your druthers. I'm assuming we're going to, we're going to like exclude tiger. Um, yeah. Rory would definitely be in it for sure. Just because like you said, he can like, he can, set a course record at any given moment. Um, and then JT, because I think he's kind of a Rory light. He can do that. He can shoot like that too, but he's also got like a little more piss of vinegar in him. I don't know. The third one, I man, I'd have to think about that. That's tough. I'm going to let Rose. I don't really pr- don't know. I'm going to let yeah, Rose pray on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Ruminate. Yeah. I, uh, well, like part of me is thinking about what Colin's picks would be because I think Colin would like to watch golf. Some of the guys that he hates the most, you know, like, yeah. Do, I, DeChambeau <laughs> is a compelling guy to watch, but I know Colin hates his guts. Um, <laughs> same with Kepka, same with Bubba Watson. You know, these are guys, and I do think that you can separate the guys that you think are guys that you let babysit your kid versus guys you want to watch smash a golf ball. And I hate to say Rory because Rose already did, but I, I just I always follow Rory, and I think that's probably a lame choice for some people because it, it kind of comes off as a little bland but or obvious but he does have such a pretty swing and you just feel like when he hits the ball and when he's on it's just going to go wherever he wants it to go but 
it's changing for me so rapidly. This year, there's not, I mean, Scotty Scheffler's come out strong, but so many guys have struggled this year. It is a tough, tough thing. I mean, you talk about right now, and how can you not say Scotty Scheffler? The guy, all he does is win tournaments. And now it's going to be like, well, he's going to win another one. Is he going to win another? When's his next win going to be? At some point, the heater is going to be over, and then it's going to be like, is Scotty Scheffler in a cold streak? So, I mean, I think that's a compelling thing to watch. I mean, Phil Mickelson, honestly, like he's gone persona non grata lately, and who knows when he's going to play again. But I think after he won <laughs> – when he won a major at age 50, how could you not want to watch every tournament that Phil Mickelson is in, especially the kind of antics he might bring to it? So um, The same kind of goes for, I guess, I guess I would put like Pat Reed in that conversation. I don't feel like we've talked about him hardly at all because he's not really been around much or been in the running for anything yet this year. But like, you got to, I dislike the shit out of him, but I find myself watching him because like, you know, he's a little bitchy at any minute. He might cheat and you want to be involved in that big controversy or his caddy will go after a fan or something. So it's sometimes he's entertaining to have on TV. Honestly, I, like I said, I, I like the creative players. So like JT would definitely, if I'm going to pick somebody Rory. And, and like I said, if you, if we, you could give me 2017 Bubba Watson, I'd take him. Like I, as creative as Bubba Watson is and fun to watch as he may be, I mean, he also may shoot 80 or 81. You know what I mean? Like nobody wants to watch somebody shoot 81. I can watch me shoot 81. I'd be happy to shoot 81. But yeah, the point is, I haven't like, seen you shoot 81. I, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know who that third person would be. Like JT and, and, uh, and Rory would probably be up there and then it would be, a uh, a collection of I love watching Victor Hovland play. He hits the shit out of the ball. I love Carl Morikawa. Cam is really fun to watch when he's on. Like that third spot for me is is a tough one to fill. I think you could easily just pick all the guys named Cam and fill up a three spot pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> and like that doesn't even include guys like John Rahm, who ten minutes ago was the number one player in the world. Dustin Johnson, who Dustin Johnson is, you know, to me, for me, when he's on, is no, there's no better watch in golf. You know, he'll just, he hits it a mile and he just looks good doing it. He's an athletic, strong athlete. He chips well, he'll putt like a, you just sink 18 foot putts like it's nobody's business when he's on. He's and like slow, he's slowly inching his way back too. I think he's going to be, we're going to see him later in the year, like contend for a major or something too. I think he started to get his shit back together. I have a soft spot for Louis Osthuizen. I don't know why exactly, but I, I like watching him play, especially when he's competing. Jason looks like a guy swing. you would be your dentist, not a <laughs> golfer. Uh, yeah, I mean, he also is a guy who looks like he's twenty years older than he is. I know he's, you know, he's one of the elder statesmen now on the tour, but uh, he looks old. But he's always looked that way. I know he has, but he's got he's a pretty. He's swing. only like thirty-eight or thirty-nine now. Yeah, I know, I know, but he, he looks like he's a, he should be on the senior <laughs> on the champions tour anytime. I also root for Fee now all the he's time. A hard guy he forgot play. how to he's play like golf, nice dude. Yeah, he has forgotten how to play golf. But when he remembered, when he knew how to play golf, he was a lot of fun to watch, and he's easy to root for. Actually, he I mean he he made the cut this week and uh and you know this on on day three was you know like for spent some time in the top ten and stuff he actually played better than he's been playing uh, at the Masters but I'll tell you something I want to ask you guys about is that Jordan Spieth is doing something that has always I've always found crazy and that he's trying to change his swing in the middle of his professional career and is just having a miserable time with it. 
And for someone like Jordan Spieth, who could just absolutely dominate a golf tournament, what would possess you to want to change your swing? Rory tried it for a while. Like there's, yeah, every top golfer you, you can name is at one point or other probably gotten into the mechanics of trying to change their swing. And I'm just like, to dance with the one who brung you. Why you've won a couple of you won majors. You've won a ton of tournaments. Why in God's name would you try to change it? Tiger did it as well back in the day. Like they all, it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's that drive for perfection or they think they can get that much more or like what it is, but uh, all like most of the best players, I feel like at some point, at least the modern era of players have done it. If we ever have Jay Delsing back on who, who played like 500 PGA tour events, it'd be a good question for him. Like why would these guys that have had so much success suddenly find a need to want to change something that has made them a professional? I don't know about them because I have no idea what it's like to play at that level. It would be a good question for Jay, but I mean, I know for myself, like I don't, I'm not trying to to uh, change my swing. I'm trying to find a swing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> I, I know that everything I've ever done up to this point has been wrong, and I'm trying to change <laughs> it to make it not wrong. But they're, you know, they they're in a different spot than me, where they have a beautiful swing that they've, you know, been working on since age three, and, uh, and then they're saying, you know what? mix things up a little bit i i don't know it's it is odd and because you think you're gonna stick with the one and brung you well that's what i mean like spieth if you watched him play golf last couple tournaments it is ugly and he's got this huge you know practice swing he takes it's just like what are you doing weirdo like why would you do this i mean it looks he seemed it, to, it looks he, uncomfortable for him right now i mean you can see it noticeably in that he doesn't look fluid with his swing and I'm just like, man, I hope wherever this is going is worth it because you look like shit right now. He did it last year. Like, he started it last year and had such a rough time. You know, he hadn't won in forever. And then he, he kind of seemed to, like, get it back there right towards the end of well, last he year. That he won that smaller Terrazzo or whatever it was. Right. And, and then he was, he, was, he was up front in one of the majors, I think, like towards the end of the year there. I thought he was, like, he didn't come close to winning it or anything, but I think he was, like, top 10 or something. But then it seems that the wheels have come back off after the little break uh, again. I agree with you. It's it's a little tough to watch, and they just – if I'm him, I'd get sick of hearing about it. Like, the commentators never stop. They never stop asking about it. I just feel like, will you guys shut the fuck up and let me work on this? Speaking of shut the fuck up, did you see that uh, our good buddy Faldo basically, uh, spoiler alerted, <laughs> Rory's great shot on 18? Yes. <laughs> he said it was the first time he'd ever screwed up. He That's said he cocked up. Patrick. He cocked up. Well, yeah. he, well, whatever yeah, vernacular he used, I was like, Faldo, you, <laughs> you, you think that's the first time you've ever screwed up? That's probably the most disappointing thing about Phil becoming a pariah was I was looking forward to Phil becoming a color man on the golf course and sort of filling that uh, Charles Barkley role. You know, and I was like, oh, man, they just all they got to do is fire Faldo and bring in, you know, fall out Phil. We'll have a good old time on watching the, the, the golf course. And now Phil's toxic. So I'm just going to yeah. be stuck with Faldo for God knows how long. Faldo thinking that that's the first time he's ever screwed up speaks to the type of self-important twat that he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is it. That's the only time I've ever screwed up ever. Yeah. First time. <laughs> Sorry. On me. Mulligan. Yeah. I don't think we've seen the last of Phil though, Colin. I think that like everybody loves a comeback story and honestly kind of Phil's been treated like he killed a guy, you know? I mean, it's like, it's like it's the Michael Vick of golf or something. And well, that's what I mean. he just, he just was a hypocrite out loud. Yeah. That's he what just gets said me the like quiet Bubba, part Bubba and Ian Poulter and Bubba and, and Bryson DeChambeau. They're all just as heinous and guilty of this crap. 
<laughs> Phil's just the one that was a lot, which is saying it out loud. <laughs> well, yeah. he's also making he'll stuff be, up too, and dumping on the tour. He's too yeah. popular to not come back, and he's too still too good of a golfer. It's just he just has to do it his atonement, and then they'll let him back on slowly. It was weird not seeing him in Augusta. Well, he signed up for the Open today. I saw that on that on Twitter. So apparently, if he is suspended, it's over. Ends before the tournament. Hey guys, I wanted to um, bring something up apropos of nothing, just because it popped into my head. You remember like the first episode we were listing off Missouri golfers? Mm-hmm. We left off Tom Watson and Hale Irwin. Those names sound familiar. Yeah, yeah, they're well, not bad. I watched Tom Watson be one of the honorary first shots, you know, at at, at the Masters. I was like, huh, how do we leave him off the list? One of the great golfers <laughs> right. of all time. Well, honestly, I knew about him, but he's like, he's from Kansas City. And I was like, is that Kansas City? Kansas or Kansas City, Missouri? Because I don't want to Kansas any fucking credit for anything ever. No, no, he's a Missouri guy. Except sucking. That's right. Well, good. God love Tom Watson. <laughs> I did want to tell everybody before we uh, wrap up our show that uh, we've been talking with the Missouri Golf Association. And we are going to be starting to cover some of their events. They're kicking off here in a few weeks and then really getting into action in may and june but uh, we'll be at some of these events we're going to be at some of these courses around the state as well giving tours of uh, local courses and talking to some of the pros so the show is going to broaden its scope widely as the weather warms up hopefully it's exciting i um we're looking forward to, to traveling around to some of these courses and meeting some of these people. And uh, I don't know, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Everybody knows golf's fun. It's just, it's why it's so popular and sort of getting to travel around and, and talk golf with people is, it may sound awful to some, but it feels great to me. I know it sounds awful to my wife, but it sounds great to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of the golf community, Colin, I guess it is growing larger with the return of the Saudi league. It's uh, like you mentioned Bubba signing on earlier. You know, it, it was sort of left for dead after DeChambeau and some of those guys said they weren't going to participate. And after Phil Mickelson basically blew up the whole plan, but uh, it's kind of back, right? Well, there's, I mean, there's just too much money for behind it for it to go, go away. Bubba Watson's actually, I don't know, he hasn't directly refuted the Saudi league, which is, you know, which is why it's always like, what is going on? Because nobody will say yes or no, definitive anything, but after that story dropped that Bubba Watson, Ian Poulter, Westwood, we're all going to go. Bubba Watson, for apropos of nothing, on his social media drops his schedule for the next, I don't know, however many weeks. And one of the PGA events he says he's playing in directly contradicts the Saudi League. And it was, you know, he, he left the schedule out with sort of a wink. He knew what he was doing. And so people are like, is he saying he's not doing it then because these events conflict with each other? Or is he doing it? So maybe Bubba's not going, but the, the report is is that um, Ian Poulter, Westwood, Kokrak, Bubba Watson, and I, I think I'm missing somebody in there. Are go- it's official, are going. But it hasn't been made official truly, but that's the report right now. I don't care about the Saudi League as much as some people do. I mean, I'm not saying I don't care about it. I guess what I'm saying is that, like, if it gets off the ground and if it's successful, and I know there's dirty money and all the stuff that's going to be competition for the PGA, I'm just kind of like, well, more golf is more golf, and let the rich people fight it out for you know who's going to be on TV more. But it's none of it's my money, and if I get to see guys golfing, then I'm happy. And if there's some sort of weird strike or something where people don't golf then i'm sad so <laughs> like i yeah. i just wish well, this like would resolve that. itself i guess is like so I, you know it be a saudi league or don't be a saudi league but just figure it out so so we can move on and I just a, watch guys i have a hard time believing it's going to amount to 
And like, I mean, I think it'll get going because like Colin said, there's a bunch of money behind it, but I think it's going to be like sort of the S- XFL of the golf world. Like it, and, you know, it'll be there for a year or something. There is a bunch of money. There'll be a big blow up story or something. And then I think it'll just disappear. Is he hate well, me a scratch he, golfer? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, you know, if I was a Saudi golf league, what I would be doing is wouldn't be trying to take on the PGA tour. I'd be trying to take on the champions tour. They're trying to eat, you know, like the 64 ounce steak. I'm like, Hey man, there's a 14 ounce right here. I think you could gobble up. You know what I mean? Like you could get a bunch of older guys with big names and go up the Saudi league and you're not really stealing anything that's so valuable to the PGA tour. That's really going to get super controversial because that's what they're already doing. They're kind of taking those fringe champions league players already. Like that are, that are when you're talking about Phil and Ian Poulter and Westwood and guys like that. So, I mean, why not just try to swallow up the champions tour you know do you well, get your tour the, you steal it and i i don't think anybody would care all that oh much. i don't know or, i think john daly would have a lot of moral issues with where the money's coming <laughs> from <laughs> well and i i don't even care that they have moral issues like my I, my problem is not with people playing in the side league and taking the blood money it's your life you do what you want my old gripe is always that these when these guys want to pretend that they either don't know or it's not so bad or you know like you know, or they're, you know, they're, oh, I'm a super righteous guy, except I don't care about this one huge thing that I'm doing that's, you know, built on blood. You know, I don't care. Go take the blood money. Just don't tell me you're Mother Teresa while you're doing it. <laughs> what is the point in the whole thing, really? I mean, are they just, like, without the big names on the tour, they're not going to get the TV time, which means they won't get the ad revenue and they won't get any of that. Like, none of that will happen. And they're not going to get all of the big names. I think that's pretty obvious at this point, if hardly any at all. They'll get the, you know, the older guys, like you've been saying, or are they just doing it because they have so much damn money that they are like, we just want to start our own golf league and we don't give a shit if it well, ever I mean, if, if, amounts to anything. If you believe the assessment or like some of the, uh, what the, the media would tell you about it is like Saudi Arabia obviously has a uh, PR problem. You know, they're a sort of a, they're a regime that is, uh, you know, pretty, pretty brutal. So they pick golf because golf is so um, international as the sport of choice, but they're using sports to sports wash, which is a term they use all throw around all the time. They're going to bring in all these well-known golfers and all of their well-known American sponsors. And because all of their, those guys are there, well, Saudi Arabia can't be that bad. And so it's one of those things that I don't know that the Saudis necessarily love golf. And I don't think they are, their intention is really to create a rival to the PGA tour. It'd be great if that would happen. And it would be great if they could make money on it, but this is a, this is more of a pain for a marketing campaign that is trying to uh, make money business. I think we need these golfers to to make us look like not awful murderers, legitimize. And them. so that's what we're paying for. We're like we're not trying to build a business to make money. We've, we're sitting on a giant vat of oil. You know what I mean? Like the money is not important. What is important is our image internationally. Well, if they're looking to improve their image and you know get on the right side of. Uh, golf viewers everywhere. I know that the good lie guys would take some of that blood money happily and yeah. work some of their tournaments. I just need four hundred dollars to get me that Scotty Cameron putter, yeah. and I'm you know, <laughs> you, know you can decapitate I, half. At of least, I've, at least Brendan and I would go. Colin may may mm-hmm. protest. No, I'm not going to protest again. I have no moral peccadillo about it. I just <laughs> I can go. I've never claimed to be a super righteous Christian who would never you know would never do something to tarnish my good name. I'm like, no, I'm a I'm a bum, man. Pay, give me the money. I'll come. 
I'll I'll cut a guy's head off for him. You know what I mean? If I get that Scotty camera, <laughs> yeah. how, how much? <laughs> well, you know, it brings up an interesting dilemma, though, Rose, because I wouldn't like to do it. Like it does bother me that that Saudi Arabia gets up to it. But I'm also a guy who is making a, a is living a middle class life, making a middle class paycheck, and I'd love to have these high minded principles and say I don't want your filthy blood money. But if somebody came to me making the salary that I make now, living the life I live right now and said, hey, do you want to make $5 million playing golf? All you got to do is sort of look the other way while we kill people for shoplifting. You know, can you can you do that for $5 million? I'd be like, right. well, I won't like you doing it, but by God, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, if they need a field, uh, field filler, I'm, I'm their guy. What makes it all look so, look so kind of sort of nasty and dirty and underhand is like they don't need the money. And they're still going, you know, (laughs) like people understand me going, I need the money. Yeah. But, you know, Ian Poulter doesn't need the money. You know, Phil Mickelson doesn't need the money. Well, maybe Phil does if you believe some of the rumors. But the point is, is most of these guys are exorbitantly rich and are still being like, sure, we'll take the blood money. Charles Barkley, of all people, said something a long time ago when he was like, uh, I think he was signing with the wherever it was, the Rockets or something towards the end of his career. It was like a one year deal and they gave him like two million dollars or something and they were giving him a bunch of shit on an interview about chasing a ring and, uh, and all of that. And I, his comment back to it said something along the lines of like, first of all, $2 million is a lot of money. So it's, I don't know. And he obviously at the end of his career and still has plenty of money, but mm-hmm. I don't know, but it's $2 million is still a lot well, of money. I think no matter how much you have, they're not making a choice between not making money at all and making lots of money. I mean, they're, the PGA Tour is happy to pay them millions of dollars. You know, they're still making money. They're just going to be like, will you leave this league and go to this league because we'll pay you more money, even though you've got lots of money already. I'm not, again, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just, nobody's going to look or say anything if a bunch of corn fairy tour guys jump ship and go make millions of dollars. You know what I mean? That that makes all the sense in the world. You'd be, they almost be foolish not to go. But when, when Lee Westwood is going, you know, and kind of giving people, giving journalists the middle finger when they suggest there's something wrong with it, you know, I'm like, Lee, come on, man. You are a super exorbitantly wealthy person and you can't ignore <laughs> where the money's coming from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can't pretend you don't know. You know, and you know, because what what the press wants is them to admit, like, God, it's awful and terrible, and we shouldn't be doing it, but we're doing it anyway. That's, yeah, but they're never going to say that. They're always going to be like, well, it's not that big a deal, or you guys are making a mount of a mohill. You know, I mean, like, listen, even if they believe what you're what you're saying, they're never going to say it out loud. So well, quit asking them to. I mean, I think if they the ever exact like, same way every time I walk into a strip club. <laughs> I uh, I think if they ever let Phil out of golf jail, he might say that. <laughs> yeah, well, he might. If, if you just let him talk into a mic long enough. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, he seems to have a problem when you, the mics are on too long. Guys, besides watching golf, have you been doing any golf lately yourselves? I have. Uh, I got to play once this week, earlier in the week. Uh, again, it's still that like early in the season. It was super windy, and it was a god-awful day. It was the worst round I've played yet this year. Golf's a funny game. There's sometimes you're out there and I'm like having a blast and you couldn't wipe the smile off my face with a sledgehammer. And other times I'm like, why in the fuck did I pick something so expensive to suck at? <laughs> <laughs> but it, uh, it was still better than working. So anytime you can be on the golf course, it's better than doing a lot of other things. But uh, it was, it was a rough, rough day. Well, that's, I was, uh, we, well, Bryn and I went golfing together, I guess on Sunday Yeah, with uh, another guy and, um, it was so windy. You know what I mean? Like I was just at some point, I'm like, what are we doing? Well, we had a foursome. Yeah. One of the guys left 
at the midway point, like, man, I'm not going to, I'm not doing this. This is too much wind. And I couldn't blame him. Honestly, I put it this way. Like I hit the longest drive of my life by 30 yards. With the wind um, to your back. With the like with the 30 mile per hour wind straight dead to my back. You know, it was, I hit the longest drive of my life and it wasn't close. Well, I had a good time doing it, even though it was so terribly windy because I started out playing like absolute dog shit. And uh, as, as the round went on, I started to get a little better. You know, I, I, I started hitting some shots. Funny, I didn't notice. <laughs> well, I did. <laughs> I had a few pars. That's good for me. And sure. uh, and on top of that, and probably because of that, the winds did die down. I noticed like on the four last four or five holes that we were on, and suddenly the holes became a little bit more manageable. Everybody's been through this. You finish strong. You feel like you played well, even if you played like shit. Right. I have the hardest time, like you're talking about uh, the other guy leaving the course. Like For whatever reason... I, I have the hardest time doing that. I can never bring myself to leave. I've only done it one time that I can remember. And that's because I was playing so badly. And there happened to be a Titleist fitting going on at the driving range, I noticed. So I went over there and got fitted and spent like $700 on clubs just to shoot the same <laughs> damn score next time I went out. <laughs> so I'll never quit early again. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's an expensive give up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Rather than give up, I just tear my scorecard up basically. And what, keep are you work, what are you working on right now? Like my, me, I'm every night it's the irons. Every night it's the irons. Every night it's the irons. That's what I'm swinging. That's what I'm working on. I, my driver left me. It comes and goes, and it's gone now. So that's what you're working? Trying to, but I haven't been able to get out there much because after we played golf on Sunday, it's been nothing but like raining and cold. So don't even want to go outside and swing a club into a mirror. Yeah. How about <laughs> yeah. you, Rose? What are you, what are you working right now? What are you polishing? Turd is the only thing I'm polishing, I think, but it's uh, those approach shots. Like the, I feel like I'm having a lot of trouble with like those, I don't know, anywhere from like 110 to like 50. Like it's that real touch shot. I'm like really struggling with those and missing a lot of greens and things like that that I shouldn't do. So that's, that's kind of been a burden on me all year. So I'm trying to get better at those. There you go. Yeah. I was, I, I'm also trying to work on the old Phil flop shot. You know, I've, uh, I feel like I'm getting a little bit better every day at my chipping. I feel like I can hit it low and get it to roll, you know, the bump and run, but I've never really mastered the flop and, you know, there's certain situations that call for it. So be, I don't know. I just want to have more shots in my bag than I have now. And that seems like an easy, oh, if you practice. got it, if you, if you're in a bunker or on, or, you know, on the short side of a green and there's no, the hole is too close to you. There's no real estate to, to, for it to hit and run, man. The flop is a, is an excellent shot to have in the bag. I mean, it is, it's, it's one of the few shots I feel somewhat confident hitting, you know what I mean? And I, it's a good shot to have in the bag, but it is, it's an awkward shot. It's, it's sort of like any bunker shot that you, you know, always say you got to swing through it, commit to it, commit to it. And it's so easy to thin it and just send it yeah. 40 miles away. <laughs> well, and that's because why you're swing, you're trying to get underneath it and swing. You're swinging as if you don't hit it right, you're just going to fucking pound it. That's uh, that's why I think I've put off trying to learn how to hit that shot because it's, it takes a lot of confidence to even take that hack. And if you're into practice green and there's other people around, you're like, man, if I miss this, I'm going to send it in some guy's skull. The course I played at anyway, I don't know if the one you all played at was the same way, but I noticed that the the winter thin rough is gone and it's the full blown thick, like ball gets buried, 
summerish rough is has arrived. Yeah, the bent grass fairways that Colin and I played on are there and flush and r- looking good too. That but all the zoysia fairways around Missouri are uh, they're starting to get a little greener. I noticed today that they're like they're still yellow, but they're not as yellow as they once were. But everything else is back. The greens are back. I mean, they're still recovering from getting punched, but uh, like you said, the roughs are. Right thick and lush and green and i missed that because i felt like the last six months i've just been hitting off of like hard pan mud <laughs> right of course it's because i'm not in the middle of the, the fairway i drive by uh jeff city's uh jeff city country club's fairway every day on my way home from work and it's 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 a fairway on on that whatever hole it is right next to the road is almost completely green now yeah golf's back everybody we're going to be back next week and hopefully we'll have some more interviews to bring to you with guys who know more about golf than we do Till next time, fellas. There's a lot of ways to win on the course, but if you don't have talent or luck, you can always count on a good lie. Like, what are you doing, weirdo?